Alright, alright, we're live. Uh, welcome to the Meet Your Species podcast. My name is Heath, and today we have Reina. And I'm excited for this one. Reina, we met uh, from, I guess, technically Ahmad kind mm-hmm. of set us up. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, threw you into the, into the wild, <laughs> in the yoga <laughs> <Literally>. class, <laughs> with no preparation or any, like, just no. go, <laughs> pretty yes. much. Just like that. <laughs> uh, um, so I hope we didn't torture you too bad. <laughs> no. But I'm really glad because now we get to actually get to know you on a, you know, little more intimate level, mm-hmm. which is nice. So anyway, um, we start these by just kind of getting to know just the backstory, right? So we'll just start simple. Like, where are you from? Uh, I am from here, College Park, Georgia, born and raised. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Yes. And this is actually um, the home I grew up in. Really? I've been here since I was three. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have moved so many times. So right. <laughs> totally different thing. All yes. right, cool. Mm-mm. And I'll travel everywhere, but I'll always come mm-hmm. right back to this home. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so tell me, what was growing up here like? Because I saw like you got these nice woods in the back. Even that nice little driveway coming in super. Just feels, I know. Feels good. Like, like you're going for seeing things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because, okay, I grew up in this home and on this land. And then um, we moved literally down the street, like two streets over to a bigger home because um, our family had gotten bigger. Um my mom biologically birthed three children and then she um, adopted her three great nieces and nephews. Oh, wow. And they were four and five. And so um, at that point, it was six of us, six children, two adults. So then um, we had to get a bigger place. (laughs) So we kept the home, but then we moved down the street and then like post-college or my senior year of college, Um, it was like becoming a, they were renting this house out and, um, they were going to sell it because it was like, I was just getting started. I was like, no, like I'll go back. And so, um, moving back here and then I left again to live with, you know, my partner at the time. And then I ended up coming back. So by then, by the third time I came back, um, I had such a different connection to the place than from childhood like mm-hmm. took everything for granted when I was you know little because I was so used to it like you know when you were growing up in something you just don't really um appreciate it or really know what you have yeah, until yeah. like it gets um tested like you may not have this anymore <laughs> then you're like oh wait, wait wait this is a treasure you know so um when we were first living here my grandmother Um, at one point lived with us as well um, in her last years. Well, almost her last years. And so I was in middle school then. And so she even had like a garden out in the back Mm. and all of that. And I remember that. um, I remember having a garden back there, but again, I was young. So I wasn't like even into, um, you know, doing any of that or trying to help her. I was just a social butterfly and just, you know, out and about um, now, living here now, and now having a daughter of my own, a two-year-old, um, I, this is drifting, but I'd gone to 
do a ceremony. And in the ceremony, my grandmother visited me in the ceremony. Yeah. Like she's transitioned since okay. then. Like she transitioned when I was in middle school. And um, and we were never like super close like that. So it was really interesting. But I knew it was her. I'm like, got a Ruth, you know. And that's what we called her. And um What's it, Grandma Ruth? Got a Ruth. Gotti Ruth. So G-O-D-Y, Gotti Ruth. Um, Gotti Ruth. And Ruth wasn't even her name either. <laughs> Rosaline Newton. So, but I, I always, that was always what they called her. And that's always what I called her. And okay. she was doing this motion. And she was, um, I could tell that she was like telling me to grow a garden. And what I understood was it wasn't for me, it was for Rainbow, for my daughter. And so um, when I went, I was like, okay, well, let me find a piece of linen. I was like, well, in my mind, I'm like, well, I should probably grow it where she grew it, right? And so um, I'm going back there thinking like, yeah, we'll just do it here. And they're like, oh, you can't grow nothing back here. It's too shady. And I'm like, but my grandmother grew. I remember that she had a full garden back there, but then it had to dawn on me like, well, Rainy, you're talking 30 years ago. The trees were smelling. The tree, exactly. <laughs> and so, of course, everything has grown 30 years later. And so, you know, so it, it's not the same space. So um, just adjusting to that, like the shifts of, of you know, nature, like um, growing and blooming and blossoming to bigger and better, you know, greater things. So mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to be in this space now and trying to recreate my childhood, you know, um, visions that I saw on the land and realizing like, well, it's not going to be just like that, but you can create something even, you know, something better. new. Yeah. Something new. Hmm. So it's, it, it, it's, I love being here now because I'm so much more, um, aware, um, of, of the space that I have and just trying to like, you know, find all the magic and powers behind it. So, It's fun. It's fun. Like being at the same space that you grow up in. So it's like one of six kids is, uh, that's gotta be a a fun little circus. What was that like? (laughs) Well, let's start here. (laughs) So so I was the original baby of the first three, right? I see the oldest. mm -hmm. Oh, you're the ringleader. So, um, no, 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 no. My, (laughs) so I had an older brother and then, um, my older sister, she was the middle child, and then it was me. So I was always treated like oh, the, the baby. Yeah, I yeah, was, yeah. yes. And so when the new three came, uh, I never gave a spot up. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, the next oldest is nine years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, and then the, then the ones under her are, um, not even a full year younger than her, and they're a set of twins. So mm-hmm. they're all right there together, but I never gave my spot up. So <laughs> it's like, to this day, it's always still like a thing with the family. Like, oh, baby poo, always in Lala and in Pooey. You know, my brother calls it Pooey's world. So they call me Poo or Pooey. And um, <laughs> why Pooey? So my brother gave it a little. Twist and put the IE on it. Um, <laughs> most of them called me Pooh. One of my mom's friends gave me that nickname from yeah. young. Um, <laughs> and so it stuck. And like to this day, like if you hear anybody, gr- so 
Ahmad calls me Pooh. Oh yeah. But um other friends, if you hear any of them call me Pooh, then you know they're childhood friends. Because mm-hmm. those are the only ones that would call me that. Like mm-hmm. you know, people along I met later down the line, I never told them my name was I never introduced myself as Pooh. Yeah. But you know me as Pooh if you've been around yeah, you yeah. know, for 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 what forever, and so he'll always be like, "Yeah, you're always in Pooey's world, but in, in my world, like I was the Vegas, I always got my way." So um, <laughs> I was fine growing up <laughs> in the midst of five other, <laughs> you know. And really, it wasn't even five; just five other. Like I have an oldest, we have an oldest sister, but she grew up in Texas and then came, um, like once she was an adult mm. and came down here, and she always treated me. Um, like the baby sister. So um, she always loves on me and, and gives me extra, you know, attention and stuff. And then um, after the um, the set of twins, um, their cousins, their first cousins moved up. They came from Nigeria and moved here. And, and actually, they moved, everybody moved into this home originally. Mm. And... Um, it was two girls and they're younger. And so they, my mom was raising them at some point as well. Mm. So um, total, she's raised nine children, well, at least nine children. Cause then you have like cousins that were living with us for a while. Right, but right. as far as like from young, young. Yeah. See so a family from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Did mm-hmm. you ever get to go? I did. Yeah. I went for um, one of the, the cousins I was just speaking about her mom's wedding mm. and um that was maybe 2000 like 14 15 something like that or maybe 12 but you know in the area and um uh, oh, i was amazing and it was great so that was my first time going to africa and um I was told when I got over there, like, yeah, 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 you got all the other countries in Africa and you got Nigeria. <laughs> and, 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 and what I understood was if you can survive in Nigeria, you can survive anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, and it was, it was, it, it was a lot. It's like, like the New York of Africa. <laughs> it was the New York of Africa, but New York ain't got nothing. Only those, nothing okay. like traffic. 24 hours it doesn't matter if it's two in the afternoon two in the morning six in the morning like six in the afternoon like it's always traffic and they don't use lanes you just merge with everything like you're driving on a highway and everybody's just there's no no and then you know insurance yeah right car insurance (laughs) you get an accident uh, you get out, you argue about it, you pick up your bumper, you get back in the car, you, you pick keep up it moving. Bumper. And you better hurry up because the person behind you that's waiting for you to do all of this is about to cut you out too. So <laughs> it, it was it was an amazing experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely one for the books. But um, yeah, it was. Fantastic. I was fortunate for sure. So how much of your family is still in uh, Nigeria? So it's my... Okay, my mom's oldest sister. Okay. So it's her, um, she married into the family. So, um... So it's sister-in-law or, or her husband? Her husband. Gotcha. Well, not even husband, but okay. the, who she had children with. Copy that. But only three of her six. So she had six children all together. Okay. And three of them came from this 
Nigerian man. And he took those three and took them back to Nigeria, like when they were young. So my sister, my sister, my mom's sister, my aunt didn't even get to know them at all. They were babies. And um, so they, you know, grown families um, since then. So it's really more like extended family. Right. So it's family married within family. Right. But um, the cousins that I speak of, like they're black cousins, because, of course, they came from my aunt. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. Yeah, she never even really knew them. They didn't come back over here. Like when I said they moved in with us, they came when um, their mother had passed. Oh, that's and so they sad. were and they were coming. Um, I don't know if they were coming for the funeral because they missed the funeral. So, but they were coming to like, I guess just connect with their other brothers and sisters. Mm. And um, up in, but that was up in New York. But then they ended up. My mom was able like they didn't. They came and they didn't like have anywhere to go and stuff like that. So my mom took um, took all of them in. They so stayed for a while. Yeah, they stayed for a while, and then my mom was able to convince the son, um, their brother or whatever, to go into the military, and oh. um, he's still like successful, ranking and everything. They live in Hawaii. Him, him and his family now live in Hawaii. Um, and then the two sisters. Um, ended up in Texas eventually. Mm. Yeah. So what was that like? Like, uh, if they spent that much time in Nigeria, there must have been a lot of like culture from over there that would have been new. So mm-hmm. what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was definitely something to adjust to. They were, whew, whew. <laughs> they were they were crunk <laughs> and. <laughs> Nigerians wear their emotions <laughs> on their shoulders, their sleeves, just everything. Like they don't have any filters. They're always ready to just like battle and and and, and like war. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like you know, I'll cut you, and I mean it. You know what I mean? So it was like a lot of like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't can't just be cutting people, in, you know. <laughs> So it was a lot to get used to, but I remember, I remember this a lot. They cooked a pot of rice every single day mm. and they ate that whole pot of rice. And I'm not talking about a little saucepan pie, no, I'm talking about the big pie. <laughs> and they ate that every day. And I mean, with whatever else, but that was like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, Rice came from there. So, you know, but that was the first time I'd ever seen rice cooked so much, you know? So, um, oh, this is reminding me of India. There's times I had to like cover it. Please no, no. Uh, right. Yeah. So, you know, but, but it was, but it was cool. It was, um, it was, it was, um, I loved it. I love just mixing up cultures. And at that time, cause I remember I hadn't even taken my cousin, as my show and tell. For oh, cool. my, yes, I was, I had to have been in, was I still in middle school then? Maybe high school, one or the other. But um, yeah, because I mean, like, I was like, who got family, you know, coming from Nigeria and able to, so it, it was, it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. I enjoyed them. I, I, I enjoyed them a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tell me about the people that were around you growing up. Like, what kind of people were they? How did they help help you just look at things the way you do? 
a loving village around me. I don't think I really uh, recognized that that's what that was then because I was just so used to being around it that it was just my norm, right? Mm -hmm. So I just grew up around people that always supported everything any of us did of my siblings and family and stuff. Um, And so... um, one of one of my family members that inspired me a lot um, is my aunt, um, my aunt Jennifer, and um, she still lives in the same. So my mom's West Indian, my mom's from Antigua, um, and then my father's from Texas. Um, yeah, and they met in the army. So um, yeah, it was just interesting. So my aunt stayed in Antigua State. Well, they migrated to St. Croix. So my aunt stayed, still lives in St. Croix. And so she would come up for whatever, holidays, um, summers, whatever the case was. But um, I always loved just, and that's how I even got into one to even think about doing locks, that she had them. And I was just like, oh, because it was funny because like, <laughs> I didn't even really, and this is so weird. I didn't even really connect with my West Indian culture until college. Hmm. And I remember being in grade school and friends would always be like, why does your mom talk like that? And I was like, talk like what? And I had no idea what they were talking about. And then they would like kind of try to mock or mimic how she talks. And I'm like, I never even heard it. Like I, it was, it was just the way it was. And, but then I didn't really hear it because it never it never influenced the way I spoke. Mm. None of us talk West Indian. Like none of us sound. Can you do the accent? No. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I really can't. Like you know, some people can really like kind of mock their grandmother, their you know from the from the coastline, whatever. I can't. Like mm-hmm. you just no. And I and I sound really silly, so I'm not even gonna no. So. No, I never, it never clicked or, which is interesting. I don't know why. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because my father was in the house who was from Texas, but I never sounded like him because yeah, <laughs> yeah. he, you know, put R's where they didn't belong, <laughs> you know, but so did my mother, but in a different way. So like they would say, cause that's what they would always say that. So my name is Raina and they'd be like, no, your mom be like Raynar. And I'm like, does she? Like, I don't hear that, you know? And then my dad, instead of oil, would say oral. You know what I mean? So, but I never talked like either that is one such of them. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. I guess that's when school comes into play because it's like you spend most of your hours, you know, there. So that's what I guess starts like influencing your speech and your. But I feel like you don't even have like a Georgia accent, even though you grew up. Right. But I wouldn't because <laughs> um, I went to school up north and, and so did Amai, but no, they didn't go to like high school. Well, middle school. I was in, up north from <coughs> kindergarten. North meaning North Fulton County. Oh. So I was um, part of this program called MTM. And it was basically um, minority to majority, majority to minority. But basically it was um, the merging 
of like the South Side and the North Side. South Side, hmm. of course, being mostly black and the North Side being mostly white. So it was trying to integrate the two. So like hmm. my brother, like I said, who's older, like they were like the pioneers of when they started doing the program. Hmm. So um, by the time I went to school, um, I went from kindergarten. So I think it must be from, you know, being around different people that that's what influenced the way that I speak because then people would be like you from the West Coast and I'm like no and I know I don't sound like I'm from the West Coast then they'd be like you from New York and I'm like no so I don't know what I sound like but it <laughs> I like get you. everywhere but Georgia <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so you know but um so I was influenced like from all corners but like I said like um did that program like even just looking back, did it mean anything to you? Or was it just kind of normal? Like, that's just the way it was. I just thought it was normal. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything about... I didn't know anything about it. Like, I knew my neighbors weren't at the same schools as me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, um, like, going on the bus, we were on the bus going with, you know, all blacks and stuff. So that was, like, our fun time. Then, you know, you were in school, you learned, and then... You went back home and you couldn't wait to get back on the bus to be with your, you know, your crew and stuff. Um, but then some were in classes with you. So it never, it, I don't know, it never affected me in any kind of uh, way. But I think it's because I was embedded in it from so early on. Yeah, it sounds like it worked. It sounds like what? It sounds like it worked. Right? Yeah, like for whatever it was that was supposed to be working. Like, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be one of those things where... It was meant to um, prepare you for like the real world because the real world wasn't going to just be all blacks and the real world wasn't going to be all white. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So just being able to like mix and mingle and know how to, um, you know, uh, deal with everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but then like I got out of school and I do all my own businesses and I'm just with my people and I love it. And I'm just like, well, shoot, so much for that. Like, it was supposed to, you know, <laughs> like prepare me for a real world. But we create our own worlds. And so, yeah. you know, and it wasn't like I was excluding. It's just what was um, magnet, you know, that magnet, like mm-hmm. what, what I was attracted, what got attracted to me from what I was, you know, giving out. So, yeah, yeah. Well, when, uh, when I was going to school, like in Ohio, I think there were like, maybe two black people and one Hispanic person. Everyone else is white. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Georgia in like what, 11th grade. Mm-hmm. So at that point there's like a ton more diversity. I think I went from the soccer team being all white to, mm-hmm. I was one of two white people. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I was terrible because mm-hmm. they were so much better. <laughs> but it, it just, it, it opened things up to me in a certain way because um, I realized how, if you don't get exposed to stuff early enough, it feels weird sometimes. Like you just don't know how to see it as just normal. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that definitely was very effective because right. it was just from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's the whole yeah. difference. Yeah. You're right. And I, and I, and it felt like you, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Cause I sure wasn't, I didn't see, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see anything different. Like, whereas I started becoming more aware when I was, um, getting new friends in middle school and high school who were just coming to the North side, mm-hmm. you know, um, after their whole elementary school being 
on the south side or from another state or whatever, whatever, you know, where it was just different. And so um, then conversations started happening and you're kind of like, oh, OK, you know, and just becoming more mm-hmm. open or aware to different things. So like what? Like what kind of conversations would happen? So like, um, just knowing the noticing a difference. So like, so it would be this thing where, you know, it would be like, oh, they, they then the white people love them some Raina. That's just their little token black friend. Cause I was, first, but then I was also in advanced classes. And so most of the advanced classes was still predominantly white. And so, um, I've been in friends, I've been in class with these, with these people since elementary school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it was again, just friends, but then, you know, they would make like, so my, those, like my newer friends would make me more aware of just like, you know, you know, uh, you're not them. You know, and it's like, oh, ain't nobody trying to be them. Like, anybody, I'm just being, you know, mm-hmm. me. So, but it was actually like, it really wasn't that like crazy. Like, um, people, everyone eventually like adjusted mm-hmm. to just what our space was. And I loved Riverwood. Like, we had a great amount of, we really had a good diversity there. And everyone left, um, that school into I graduated in 2000 and our class of 2000 was amazing like we were all close I just last weekend um went to hang out with a friend from high school was down visiting and he was like oh well you know I'm getting some of the other people together and it was like real reunion like oh my gosh I haven't seen you in, since high school but it was like being able to pick up where you left. Like everybody looks the same. <laughs> and, you know, we were just real close. We were a real close, knitted, you know, village. You know, it didn't matter where you came from, you know. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So it wasn't like any kind of, you know, cray-cray. <laughs> I mean, you had to get bowed every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when they got to do Black History Month. So we had the process to like walk out, you know, and, and I was... At the forefront of it, like, we're walking out today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's like as bad as we got. Like, mm. it wasn't horrible. So, <laughs> so uh, what did you, like, what did you do for fun? Do you have hobbies or sports or what was your interests when you were younger? Um, hanging out, of course. Uh, I was such, I was, I still am such a social butterfly, but just like, I was going to be around my friends. Um, to the point where <laughs> this is so fun. I have so, that's, that's, this is great because this is really revi- like making me realize how much um, influence Avada has had on my life. I would go and so there was this this crew. We were called the crew. It was <laughs> me, Ahmad, um, this friend of ours, Fallon, and our homie Jamal. And we hung out all the time. But I wanted to be around and hang out so much that I would like go over my house to go to if I was tired. I would just go over there and take a nap so that if something popped out while I was asleep, he'd just wake me up and then we'll just, you know, go and kick it. Like I just always wanted to be like around my friends. But um I also played um tennis. I started playing tennis in middle school, um, and still play. Um, which came from my brother. My brother was the first to play in the family. 
And then um, my mom going to his matches, his junior matches, one of the parents like, was like, oh, you know, have you ever played? And she's like, I mean, I played a little. And they're like, well, you should come out, you know, and play. So she ended up playing. So she still plays. Like, she's the captain of um, our tennis, our current tennis team, like our USCA and Alta teams. And, um, and my sister plays. And then um, my mom put us in piano oh. when we were young. And so um, that, she let my brother and my sister quit. And when I tried to quit, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, At least one. Gonna, you're not going anywhere. And I guess she probably saw something that I didn't even see at the time. Um, and I don't feel like I'm a natural at it, but I, I, um, I learn well. Like, I can see something done and pretty much, you know, mimic it. And, yeah. And so I guess she could see that. And so she wouldn't let me quit. Mm. And so I'm glad she didn't because that happened in middle school. In middle school, you don't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, productive. <laughs> you know, like whatever they say, you want to go the total opposite way. So I got over that hump, you know, and then by high school, I loved playing again. And so um, I ended up um, um, majoring in music in college really? and music performance. And I had this whole dream like, oh, I'm going to... Um, graduate and tour Europe playing um Rachmaninoff and all this kind of stuff. And you know what? I need I'm I'm so mad that at that time I really didn't and I do know the power of my words, but I wish I had kept just saying it because I really could have been doing that. And I really could have been doing it because I have family in Europe, in um the UK. And not just family, just like, oh people just live it. No, 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 no. Like Influential musical family. So, um, did you by chance watch Megan's wedding, the Prince Harry and Megan's wedding, or know anything about? Okay, I so, mean, I know of the thing, but I didn't right. really watch. So, um, at the wedding, like there was this whole, the whole like um, talk was just because there was so many like um, black, like there was like a gospel group, I think that sang and. There were um, like it, there was a lot of black influence on the wedding that had never happened before in mm-hmm. any of the royal weddings, right? And um, my cousin was a, they it was a solo celloist really? that played at the wedding, and so his all the siblings in their family um, play um, the strings, so they like are a big influence in. Um, in the UK and stuff. So it was like, and then I have a, a cousin that's older. So his aunt that um, would have been able to be, she's a piano teacher and she would have been able to be my link. Like if I had just really followed that, I really could have been probably, you know, it didn't matter. I could have done it a little nook, a little, you know, a little uh, bar or whatever, but I could have been really like touring Europe, playing right now, you know, but yeah. um I got into hair. <laughs> I was hey. like, I want to do hair. And so um, that's when I just started my business of um, hair. I started that in college. But um, yeah, mm. so growing up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why hair? Um, Real talk. What else? In, <laughs> <laughs> in 1999, Guys started growing their hair out and wearing cornrows again. Cornrows were coming back. And 
I had a lot of male friends, like friends, like homies. And um, I love my, I, t- I really do love people this much. And I was like, you know what? I want to learn how to braid so I can braid their hair for them. And so. Like just for that? Just for that. Just to, <laughs> and I like always knew how to do hair a little bit, like enough. Like I was doing my own hair. I think my mom said either first or third grade. Like I probably was really doing about third and in first grade, I was um like decorating it, like coming up with these. Uh, <laughs> I would wear a ponytail, and they're these like if you ever see little um, little girls, and they wear their hair in ponytails, but they have these balls, these little barrette balls on each of their ponytails or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would take those little barrette balls, ponytail um, holders, and I would line them all the way down my ponytail, like. Just be doing something different. Mm-hmm. And then I would like do these flip bangs. Like people start wearing this bang, this style called a fan. And I would do a fan, but then I would do like another bang underneath it. And, you know, just like add extra stuff. So I always kind of knew how to do or get be creative. But uh, again, once I knew how to do something, you just show me how to do it. I can mimic and really get good at it. So mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, this is just like French braid, just smaller and tighter. And I got good. And who did I get good on? Not am I. But am I younger brother? Oh my. Like, I'm telling you, I, this is this is wild. Like our connections run deep. But yes, because Omar had this like great long hair and uh, he was so patient with me. <laughs> but I did. I got really good on him. And then by the time I got to college, um, I was banking. <laughs> so like sophomore year, I didn't want to go back to college. I was like, I'm just going to do hair. And my mom was like, mm, that's great. Sign up for your next class. <laughs> and so I'm glad she made me finish because, like I said, I majored in music and um, I teach to this oh. day. So I teach piano lessons and I really? do hair. So I do hair full time and then I teach part time um, private lessons. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I do it all right here in my home. I have my piano studio over there in my whole salon. Work it's from in, home. Yes. I love it. Yes. Oh, utilizing this land to its fullest. I love it. So, <laughs> so yeah. So that's why. But then, like, you know, later you learn when you start, like, going back and connecting to your roots that it's innate. Like, my grandmother on both sides did hair. I knew my grandmother, my father's mother did hair. She's been doing hair. <laughs> She's been doing hair for 70 plus years. And so I thought she had retired. But no, my big mama is still doing hair. And I'm like, and she'll be 88 this year. And I'm like, big mama, whose hair are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I've got to come to Texas, come to Amarillo, so I can sit in your shop and see you do hair. Like, I cannot believe that she is. But she was like big there, like winning the care, the um, competition, the hair competitions and in their Hall of Fame, you know, and stuff in Amarillo. And um, the biggest, her biggest claim is that one time um, um, Tina Turner was passing through and came to her um, salon to get a wow. hair Yeah, like it was probably en route with wherever they were traveling to. So, so yes, yeah. So she did hair. And then I recently, like, literally, like, this week found out my maternal grandmother did hair. I knew she, like, baked and sewed and was a seamstress, but I just found out she did hair, too. So it's, like, embedded. It's genetic. (laughs) You know, so. Apparently music is, too. Yeah, you know, it is. Like, (laughs) that one really is. Like, all of my mother's 
um, father side are musicians and stuff. So that's like mm. even the ones that I'm talking about in Europe, they're all from my mother's side, like on her, my mother's father's side. Like it's just a yeah, music is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, with them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've brought up your grandmother's a couple times different ones mm-hmm. what kind of people were they i'm always interested in like um things have changed so much in the last what hundred years mm-hmm. so i feel like the people that grew up uh, a couple generations backward just tremendous people in some ways mm-hmm. so what kind of people were they what kind of um wisdom do you feel like they had so i think that so with both of them, it's interesting because whereas like you have a lot of um, people who will tell you like they grew up um, around their grandmothers and stuff mm-hmm. and like their grandmother basically like raised them. Like that wasn't my case. Um, my mom and dad raised us. Um, and my grandmother that lives in Texas would come and visit every now and then. We would go out there as well, but it wasn't like we saw each other like all of the time, right? And then um, the most I saw my maternal grandmother was like we went to St. Croix a few times and visited her as well. But then when she moved in with us up here, but that was like in her older years. And then I was, like I said, elementary, middle school, and so just being like a regular kid. So you're not trying to really hang with your grandma all the time, you know? Then I was. <laughs> And she just seems so strict sometimes to me. And so, you know, I'm kind of trying to avoid her. <laughs> so, you know, um, what this is a side note, one of my favorite stories, though, with my, my maternal grandmother, Gotti Ruth, was that uh, she had such a short patience. Uh, so <laughs> she was like telling me to go get um, tree uh, strawberries. And she was like, it's in the freezer. So, she has a, you know, um, tree strawberry. So I go to the freezer and I'm like, I don't see a strawberry tree. And so I'm like, uh, got a Ruth, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it. She's like, um, I was like, I don't see a strawberry tree. And she's like, no, tree, 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 three. And I'm like, and she, but she was snapping on me by then. And so like, that's how I always remember her. It's just always being kind of like snappy with me and impatient with me. But, um, <laughs> I realized now that it's just, uh, West Indian women are just um, they're different generation they're very strong minded strong will um, independent um, like I said my grandmother was hustling she was a seamstress she was a baker and mm-hmm. she was doing hair you know um, and then um, my paternal grandmother was Rocking things in Amarillo, doing hair stuff, having her salon and all that. So that owning your own business, like, was always there, right? Mm -hmm. So even with me not being, like, super close to them, their energies still naturally just... Seeped in. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think... Part of that is that part that's just 
spirit that's also there, right? You got you got energy as well, and it's just spirit. Like it's just it's just gonna it just exists. So if you just go with the flow and you really just like don't um, try to go against what you really feel within and 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 and, and um, vibe with that it always just will connect you to your roots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then even I just learned today that my great grandmother, so my got so Gotti Ruth's mother, um, great grandma Alvina, uh, she was also a baker, but um, she was also uh, selling Lucy's. What's cigarettes oh <laughs> but single ones which was illegal <laughs> and so oh um, well, i just wanted to die. <laughs> i know and, and people well you know people still buy like that too you know but i so it's legal now i guess well i don't know it's illegal now i don't know but it was it was illegal then but why would it be illegal to sell one at a time but a pack's fine because i guess it's kind of like you know how like things would say on packages like not for retail sale or whatever. So I guess it's kind of like that. Like <laughs> you already bought it, you can't then be talking to someone. You've been a resell, but I mean people do that all the time, so I don't know. Only I can make money from this product. You can't resell it, how right? Dare you? you know what I'm saying? So you know you just have to charge. But um, you know I just love that. Like going against the grave, just being down and it just and, mm-hmm. and so what's funny is so but the, but the funny part of the story is so it's my okay so. My mom's father, my grandfather, um, <laughs> his father was, they came from Dominica. And when they moved to Antigua, um, so also this grandmother, my great grandmother, um, Alvina, also owned properties mm-hmm. in Antigua, um, like five homes. And so one of the homes that she owned, my great grandfather so my grandfather's father when they came for dominica had moved into their home so he was counselor what's that so the police okay. is that is it called counselor oh, yeah i guess whatever they country, call yeah. it right but like the, the police right <laughs> so when he was staying there at home stuff like all was well like he knew she was selling the lucy's and stuff but whatever but then when they moved to another probably like across town or whatever he started um, snitching on her. Oh. <laughs> and so, and, when, and they would come and kind of scare her stuff. But then she would just get some more stuff and start selling again. So, you oh, know. You took my pack of cigarettes. Right. I'll have to go buy another right. one. It's so, you know, she was just um, about it. <laughs> you know, and so <laughs> learning this, like, I love, like, so I'm, I'm now in a space where I'm um, more conscious of having conversations with my mom to hear the stories, mm-hmm. you know, of my, um, those who came before me, the women that came before me. And, mm-hmm. and then you start really like seeing the connections of like, ah, that's why I do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's cool. So it's so neat. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just learning their stories, you know, cause like I said, like I didn't really grow up with them like that, but um, my dad right now is writing his mom's story. Um, she's the only, still living grandparent um I have and so um um yeah he's writing her story so that we'll have it to then be able to like into a book or what yeah like he's typing up so he goes and interviews her all the time 
because uh, he lives in Texas now. And so That's really he cool. goes and interviews her all the time and, you know, is getting all the information. How does she feel about it? Oh, loves telling the story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she loves us because that's so. And I, and I always so for me, Big Mama was always joyous and laughing and jolly. You know, all the time, like <laughs> laughs. And I'm like, girl, ain't nothing funny. But you know, she, she just is always happy. But then come to find out, like she was whooping ass growing up, like you know, and taking numbers and just like who want it, like you know. So I was like. That so seems out of character for her, but you know, so so I'm enjoying, you know, uh, starting to learn the other side of Big Mama. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so so it's cool. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question you don't have to answer, but okay. uh, what is the most difficult thing you've had to overcome? You know, it's so funny. I wonder about things like this. Um, because I think about, I mean, like, I know that I've experienced difficult things, but it's like those things never sit at the forefront of my, like, headspace, my mind, mm -hmm. that I could tell you one thing now, and then, like, later after y'all leave, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm tripping. Later <laughs> was something way more deeper and difficult that I had to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the most difficult things I had to do, oh, then I'll give you two. Okay. <laughs> so, and they're both dealing with transitions. So in high school, this always used to kind of, I guess, happen, but you know, I don't know, you just don't ever think it's going to happen to you. I lost two really good friends of mine in a car accident. Mm. And, um, they were being driven by another one of our friends at the time. And so that whole space was just so difficult because um, number A, losing a classmate. I, that had never happened to me before. And then um, the classmate that did survive was, it was so weird and bizarre. And his energy was just so like looking for everyone to sympathize him. Like, whoa, it's me. And I'm like, you're still here. Mm -hmm. And you literally had kind of walked off with like a scratch. You know what I mean? Um, and it just got so weird in our in our spaces, in our lives. But um, I had to speak at um, her funeral. One of, one of their, one of the, it was Tiffany and Stephanie. So I had to speak at Tiffany's funeral. And I was young. I had never, been, I may not have even ever been to a funeral at that point because even when my grandmother transitioned um she was in she was back in St. Croix so I didn't go to that funeral and a lot of people in my family just weren't transitioning so um yeah they had to have that space or whatever so um I didn't know any better and and like even to the point of recognizing that the reason her mom had asked me to speak was because of who I was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't understand that, didn't know that. I was I was grieving, you know what I mean? So um, the funeral came up on me. I hadn't even, uh, this is, yeah. So I didn't even prepare for it. And so like, I remember calling one of my aunts, one of my mom's best friends and just 
you know, well, my mom, God, she was always a good um, say. My mom has always been my um, say, savior. <laughs> and so she was like, you know, she needs like, a, you know, a speech to for. And so it was so like basic. And I feel bad now. Like I felt bad afterwards because I was kind of like, um, I remember looking at Tiffany's mom from the pulpit and um, I'm not a pulpit from the what podium, the podium. And, um, and I remember her giving me that just like look of approval, like, you know, you're good. You can do this. And I said it and stuff, but I was just like later down the line, of course, thinking like, damn, I wish I had really like understood what I was supposed to be doing, you mm -hmm. know, in that, in that space and time. And just like, told my story of our lives together because both of them influenced my life heavily, like, um, or I should say permanently because Tiffany <laughs> was like the original, like child hairdresser. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she would, um, experiment on my hair and she had done these braids on me once that had rubber and she used rubber bands to lock like separate and section my hair first and then braid it on top of it well when it got time to take the braids out so my hair fell out and like to this day i still have this space but i was like <gasps> she was leaving her mark on me you know what i mean <laughs> like for real and i was just like Wow, that's, that was like, that's deep. And so like, I ended up putting a tattoo there as a symbolic part. And, um, but she was the one that was business minded and it like infused in me and I became like an entrepreneur and did hair, right? Tiffany, well, I mean, Stephanie was um, an amazing tennis player. And she was the first one that recruited me to um, come play like with the other children that were our age, like well, by then we were in high school. So with other high schoolers um, at this local tennis um, park, um, tennis center, um, McGee, and with a coach. And I never like had a coach outside of like the high school coach, which wasn't really a coach. You know, mm -hmm. they just <laughs> were the sponsors. Play the game. And so <laughs> right, and so um, she taught me my serve. Mm. And to this day, I'm a great server. And um, so, yeah, so they both just like left such a mark, you know, on my life. And I'm sure everyone else's lives that were close with them at that time. So I wish I had just like been known better to, you know, been able to pay homage mm -hmm. better to them. At the time. At, well, in this case, Tiffany at the time. Um, but, you know, I know she knows my heart and everything. Right. Um, but. Then this year, earlier this year, I lost one of my students. Um, he was one of my first piano students and it was the suicide. And mm. I never dealt with, um, I never experienced a suicide and we were close. Like he, had, he was 25 at that time. And, um, and, so he had gone from being my student to like, as a matter of fact, I kind of forgotten that I taught him because then we just became really close. Like we were both Pisces and he just always admired me. And, um, 
he was just such a beautiful spirit. Like I could see beyond all of the stuff that, you know, most people like, mm, he's kind of weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was just like, I love it. You know, I was always like, I just love those people that were seen as like the, you know, um, outcasts or the awkward or it's just, I was, I was so intriguing to just like, you really learn like who they were. And so, um, especially cause they usually are somebody instead of just hiding behind other things. Right. And yeah. they're usually really amazing, dope people. And yeah. so I got to know his amazing dopeness. And so, um, his dopeness. I love that. <laughs> yes. And so to, you know, um, had to deal with that was very difficult um, but, um, it, I was able to overcome it because at that, by that time, like I started really connecting with nature, um, as far as being in tune to nature, right. And really like getting those messages, um, from, especially the animal world. And, um, I was, I was given in particular, it was this one message. The next day I went on a walk and I saw a vulture mm-hmm. on the walk. And me and this elder friend of mine, Atia, walked this walk all the time. And this particular day, we were like, um, there's a vulture. And it was huge. And I was just like, that's so bizarre. Like, And so I realized later once I went home and there's this book I have called Animal Speak. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really good, like, just like understanding the messages that come right through. And it was, and it, was um, it was such a beautiful, like, story, this Native American story that went within and all of that, that I really um, overstood that it was Kadir letting me know, you know, that everything was good, um, that people sometimes have to sacrifice. Like, we never know. Those who are carrying the weight of the world, um, those who aren't carrying the weight of the world don't understand what that space is, right? Mm-hmm. And so with that, and this is and this is me. Everybody's going to be different, right? But this is what I was able to gather and overstand. And that was that he had to self-sacrifice in order to release that heaviness for the to, to gain those for those who love who he loved and that loved him for them to gain that lightness you know what i mean like mm-hmm. in this realm so um like instantly after it happened um even with his mother like she she makes um kombucha kombucha and she has mm-hmm. her own that she makes and she's been doing it for years and she's just be doing it for like her family, for her, for her household and stuff. And then um, started like doing it locally. And that same day she was shipping off her first thousand bottle order to Florida to an actual like, you know, store or whatever. And so, um, and since then it's just been booming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, great things have, you know, of course happened in my realm and as well. And so it's just like, wow, like, you know, um, you be thinking like, oh, I'm losing somebody. But then when you overstand it, like, no, you're gaining them forever because as an ancestor, they're going to be able to always be there. You know, um, it's a beautiful space to like recognize, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, so 
that was definitely like the, but definitely one. So saying all that to say, for his service, like because we were so close, his mom asked me to speak. <laughs> and so this would now only be the second time ever that I'm speaking. But I learned my lesson <laughs> <laughs> from the first one. And I was so much more well prepared and it was beautiful. And I was able to really express um, everything that I felt and, you know, um, leave people knowing more about them, about him than they may have known or not have known, you know. Um, and so, um, and, and people were coming up and like, that was really good. And I was like, mm -hmm. thank you. You know, so I, I felt like, okay, I'm good now, you know. So it was like a balance, you know. So, mm. um, yeah. You've got a certain beautiful way of looking at things it's always something because you know you can look at something however you want right mm -hmm. that's on you um but it reminds me of the story i think you might like mm -hmm. um there's a you know Sanguru, the one that taught all the yes yeah? so he tells this story and he says uh there was a father and he had two sons and one was they were like extremes one mm -hmm. saw everything like positive and one saw everything negative mm -hmm. so he thought let me try and break this and see if I can get them to see the other side. Mm. So for one son, he put um, all like gifts and presents, heap giant piles of toys, whatever oh. the kid, you know, might like. And for the other, uh, he put a giant pile of horse poop. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so as expected, he heard crying from one room. And so he went <laughs> and he came close and he's like, wait, it's the kid with all the toys. And so ah, he opened ah. the door and he's like, what's going on? And the kid's like, I have to share all the toys now. <laughs> and then he's hearing laughing from the other room and he's like, what? And so he goes over and opens the door and the kid's like, I think there's a pony nearby. <laughs> he's so excited. <laughs> yes, I love so, it. <laughs> you're, you're the pony one. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's like everything about you, and I love it. I just love it to death. <laughs> it's funny, and it, it, I can't even tell you where it came from because I just was having this conversation with my mother literally two days ago, and I was like, "You always see the glass half empty, and I always see it half full." You know, she's like, mm, "That's right." <laughs> so I don't know. Ooh, Ain't it terrible? You know, so and, and it's fine because you know that's the balance. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like you know, I I'm learning to respect. Oh, it's so hard sometimes, but I, I I'm learning to respect that space of hers. Like because I realize, like at the end of the day, it's not even meant to be. You know, negative or funky. Like it's just that's who she is. That's who she had to be. You know, and it's probably a good thing that she is that way because then I know she got my back. And so when, while I'm off in look Pooey's world, like my <laughs> brother says, you know, my mom's combating the, the blocking all the stuff that you know otherwise would pop my bubble. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't think it's poppable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so I don't know, but yeah, I. <sighs> And so, like, that's why I was saying earlier when you were asking about, you know, what's the most difficult? I'm like, I have to really think about it because I'm like, I don't um, sit with those things long. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
I have to find the light, you know, or, you know, you'll just be in that darkness, you know, and I, I, mm, yeah, no, <laughs> I got it. I got a light. I, think, I need that light bright. <laughs> All right. Well, let's use that light bright because uh, I think it'd be interesting to see what you think about the future, because a lot of times when you look on any TV station or YouTube, like it's it's doom and gloom. It's like we're on the edge of civil war. That's how people feel. And mm-hmm. maybe they're right. I don't know. But I do know that I left four years ago to go to India in 2016. And mm-hmm. by the time I came back uh, just before um, COVID happened, mm-hmm. I swear it was like the tension everywhere was so thick. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. I just could not understand why. So... How do you look at all of this? And what do you see when you think about the future? When you think about the world around you? You know, I don't... So... Uh, it's just getting... It, it, it is getting deep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's really, like, you know, creating turmoil between um, friends and family and... Um, uh, there's just this whole it's those who are vaccinated and those aren't yeah. and if you're not then you know it's, it's just this, it, it, it's so deep and, why is um, this a thing I don't I've never had such division over a vaccine before in my life I've never but but you probably wanted that because see now we're influenced way more than we've ever been influenced before because of technology right mm-hmm. so even when things were being pushed probably before you had to pick up the paper to know about it or had to have access to a TV to know and stuff. Whereas everybody didn't have, you know I mean? So everybody didn't have TVs and everybody didn't have, everybody couldn't read and everybody, you know, so you had to be in certain, um, you know, circles and cypress to even know and stuff and, and all that. Whereas now everybody has it in the palm of their hand. So everybody hears it, you know? Cause I remember thinking, um, I wonder how long it's going to take the homeless people to know that there's a pandemic happening. You know what I'm saying? That's a like, valid question. You know, I, and I wondered that, and I was like wondering, like, I wonder if they know, but because they're more in an animalistic mind state, right, which is in tune to nature, they probably knew before even some people who live in homes knew because they're sitting there in the streets and it's like, wait a minute. What's wrong? There aren't any cars out on these streets. Ain't nobody out here like, something's wrong. You know what I mean? Or something's... Yeah, yeah. Changed. You know, or knowing it. So, you know, so... um, And their ears in the street. So they hear people talk, walking down the street talking about stuff. So, you know, they probably actually knew a lot sooner mm-hmm. <laughs> than, I'm, than I'm giving them credit. But, um... But, yeah, it's... It's, it's really, um... But then there's, so there's that space of those who are vaccinated, those are, and it's just getting deeper, right? Mm -hmm. Because now we're getting out of the space of having a choice and it's becoming this mandated type of thing, blah, blah, blah. But you're never, ever going to be able to force everyone to ever do anything. So what we have to be able to do is stand strong in whatever your belief is. You know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. So my mother is such an advocate, of course, of the vaccine. Like every time I go walking past her shampoo, so she shampoos for me in my salon. Every time I walk past the shampoo um, bowl, uh, 
Did you get your vaccine? <laughs> you know, and, get the jab. <laughs> yeah, right, of course. And I'm just like, so now I'm gonna have that talk with her. Cause you know, okay, so you may not know this, but in hair school, we were taught there are certain things you just don't talk about in the salon. Politics, religion, um, the stuff they used to say, don't do at the dinner table, right? Same thing, yeah. right? So now, I'm at the time, I'm like, that includes vaccines. Like, <laughs> because I just don't, and, and, and I think because she's my mother, there's that respect factor there, right? So people aren't really, like, I'm, I'm thinking that people are getting, like, offended, but they're like, girl, it's your mama, who cares? You know? <laughs> Not like who cares, but it's just like, she and mom, of course, she's going to take that stance and this and another or whatever, you know, yeah, so yeah. they're not offended. So I'm glad for it. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's some rules, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, so it's that they're so strong minded. Right. And it's so funny because it's like. It's so, it's so interesting, the things that like, I've, always, so I've always been that type of person that if everybody is going with it, I kind of typically will go the other way. Cause I'm kind of like, mm, there's something strange about that. Like I always um, felt like that was where that mind control factor came from. Like there was something they that whoever they is would be able to like, you know, um, get everybody to like zone in and tune into, and then you know everybody becomes zombies and they just go with. It. Because I was like. How are all these people advocates for something that is brand new that they don't know anything about, you know what I'm saying, but are so um, pressed on, but it's because the press is telling them to, I mean, the, but you know, the, the news and everything else is telling them to push it, push it, push it. And it's so much influence there that it's now brainwashing and, and everybody's falling in line. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So um, it's going to be important for, you know, those who go against the grain to really like stand strong and, you know, fight they fight. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And feel just as big about it as um, those who are poor or whatever. And, and it's nothing to nobody about anything. Um, I'm personally not a big vaccine person period like I just I'm just not a big drug person like you know um medical drugs whatever whatever and so um you know I, I take my stance and I won't I'm not big about arguing about it you know I just um say my piece if you ask and then and that will be to say no rainbow's not getting like rainbow doesn't have any vaccines and Rainbow has gotten sick all of two times in her life so far. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I believe in natural healing. Like, I believe in, you know, medicine that comes straight from the earth. You know, ourselves, like, what we have, like, if we're healthy and stuff. So, you know, I just try to, like, really um, protect that purity, you know, um, in her. So, um, as far as where we're going there's also still the influence of or what's becoming influence of more people actually opening their eyes and believing more in themselves right um, mm -hmm. in, in the midst of all of this because then when, when you start feeling like it's the end of the world you're like well hell do I want to be in the end of the world still doing this shit I can't stand doing you know what I mean or someone be doing something I love so you have more people taking those leaps 
So now you got more small businesses that you that you've ever had <laughs> existing, you know. But it's just beautiful to see people, um, you know, doing what they love and, and, and trying to make that their, um, you know, um, livelihood as opposed to just working for someone and you can't stand it. And it's not that everybody has to work for themselves, but do what you love doing. And I feel mm-hmm. like more people are starting to get in that space. More people are even starting to become more open to um, alternative medicine and just going more of that natural way. You know what I mean? That natural path. So um, I love the space we're in right now. Like, my, like I feel like um, my influence is about to be on that in that space of you know just the things that I've always um um embodied or um that were my interests and things that were in Pooey's world you know now being able to like share that with friends that I've had for years who you know just didn't ever have anyone in their space to like Show them a different way. You know what I mean? Because at this point, I'm 21 years in the game doing this, you know, as far as like my own thing, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and so um, them seeing the um, success of that is like, well, shit, there got to be something legit about it. You know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. and so to share that and then to tell them like, you know, you really can do this too you know so um just opening that space for for others to to build and 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 just be who they really want like i think that's where a lot of people are gonna be more comfortable in just Mm -hmm. being them you know and um and breaking a lot of the um it's not curses um but those things that always um kept their family like in a certain um type of flow that wasn't sure. making them succeed but so much because they just couldn't break break down that wall mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i found this a lot like um so for example my grandmother was alive during the like depression times mm-hmm. so her childhood meant standing in line for bread and pantyhose and whatever else they things that would get butter, I think. Mm-hmm. So that instilled like a whole lifetime of kind of hoarding things, that scarcity mindset, like a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, seeing it and watching how that played out in her life, you can see how it impacted so much. So uh, I, I, I try and think of these things like, if we can just get people to move past that scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. which is difficult, especially if you uh, don't have a lot of support from your family. Like I was lucky enough that if I ever fell, there was someone to help. Mm -hmm. So I was able to take a risk. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have that. Mm -hmm. Like it's just you and you're going to starve if you don't figure it out. So they feel trapped in Mm -hmm. a certain situation. Or Mm -hmm. like if you have a ton of debt, for example, going to school or whatever. Right. Like my sister went to law school and, at, when they graduated, they pretty much told her, like, yeah, because of legal Zoom and other these kind of online services, most of the bread and butter lawyers had is gone. So mm-hmm. good luck with your hundred and some thousand dollar loan. Mm. I mean, but what to do? That's just the world yeah. at this point. So I, I like what you're saying about, like, 
people getting to do something that they actually love to do. I would really love if we got to a point where we just acknowledge like, okay, we don't actually all have to be grinding away just to eat. That's a little silly. Right. We're kind of complicating survival process at this point. Mm -hmm. So how do we make it a little bit simpler so that, you know, maybe you do a few hours of work every day, just whatever you need to survive. And then the rest of the time, do what you want mm -hmm. live your life. It shouldn't be more complicated than that. I, mm -hmm. I don't feel like doing a 12 hour day just to barely scrape by makes sense. Right. We don't need that. <laughs> right. I would love to, if we went back to even like basic, basic, like, but we go back to bartering <laughs> and everybody has their trade and their crafts. And, you know, you know, I, I, I so wish that we could like get rid of this um, money system because, you know, that's what sucks because that's what people are always a lot of times chasing. Like they just want to be able to have that dollar two. Um, and it's like dollar two what? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if there are those things to be purchasing and things like that, then what? What are you going to do? You mm. know? So it's like, what are the things beyond that that are like within, like deep within that really bring you joy, you know? And, um, and, and, and building on that, because that's of course where a lot of people's, um, now small businesses are coming from or coming back from those, that space of what brings you joy? Like, you know, thinking back in childhood when, you know, what was the things that you really like doing then? You know what I mean? And that space that you just haven't been able to tap into since you became an adult, mm -hmm. you know, and had to take care of business and the other. But everybody knows how to do something. Everybody is crafty and and has a specialty in something. And, and, it's, and everybody's is different. Some just going to be the same because you have to have a group sections of whatever, whatever. But, you know, um, we all have some kind of way to benefit from each other and so if it was just a way to kind of like flow like that which would then open up more space and time to you know enjoy each other and just like mm -hmm. be in each other's company and just like um connect like that and just connect back with even mother earth and stuff you know um that would be beautiful but you know also to that like i guess especially like me being a new mother um, like I'm thinking about this generation that's coming up <laughs> after us and it's going to be amazing to see what they're going to do with this shift, you know? Um, and I honestly have confidence in them. Like I don't have that nervousness of like, because honestly, I feel like this is probably the same story that gets told every generation, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, or every two generations, you know what I mean? Because you probably have at least a couple living in the same time and space. So it's like, there's always going to be that, that that scare factor, you know, to um, make you think mm -hmm. it's all about the end and then uh, what to do, you know, or whatever. But, um, what to do? <laughs> you know, and so, it, but to like have those who don't have fear, Mm -hmm. and, and there's always a group that don't. And they're going to be the ones that are going to, like, elevate everything, you know. Um, but I have faith in them. Mm -hmm. They bowed it. Like, I'm even just looking at my two. You're not, I instantly knew when she came into this room, like, oh, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're back again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, full, like, full grown, old soul. And, um, <laughs> you know, um, 
she just has so she has so much wisdom and um I love the lessons that she teaches me. But yeah, no, she's ready. You know, so mm-hmm. I literally just let her guide how I bring her up. Like I'm not trying to mold her into anything. Like I'm letting her tell me what she needs. Like I I'm here to assist you. You know, I was just your, you know, your pathway to get into this realm. And so um, just tell me what you need from me, you know? <laughs> so, which isn't, uh, was, was definitely not my parents' mind state, you know, um, or their parents because, um, in their spaces, they were, there were different missions mm-hmm. at that time, right? So you had those, the generation that was coming, stepping out, there was in slavery and then stepping out of slavery and trying to just like create, um, life you know and then okay now that we've created life now this next generation okay now we have the space that we can do more than just create like we can like like set a foundation mm. you know so that's like what my parents were doing they were setting the foundation for us and then um which allowed me to be um a dreamer right and then just like okay whatever i say i'm gonna do you know, and, and, and able to do that. And so, um, and, and allowing my daughter to do the same thing, which was not what my mom let me do. I mean, you know, she did, but not really, you know, she's still kind of like, like I said, I want to get a piano. I was like, no, 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 you're staying in, you know, <laughs> but I mean, that's a, you know, small thing, but you know, just in general, but yeah, it's like, so every generation, there's a slight hope you hope. There's a slight shift that allows a little bit more space or that bandwidth to, you know. Um, well, in many ways, that's kind of like if you think about it, every generation has two goals. One, the planet should be at least as good as it was given to you mm-hmm. for the next generation. And the next generation itself should be at least one notch off better than you were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you if you really think about it, like what you're saying, uh, if you go back maybe before the 1850s or so, mm-hmm. something like that, your life was pretty much the same as your parents, unless some big shift happened, like uh, a migration to a new country or something like that, or mm-hmm. a new technology, like maybe one or new technologies might come in your life. right? Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was pretty much the same life. Mm-hmm. So your goal was just pretty simple in terms of preparing the next generation, because it's the same life you probably had, you know? Mm-hmm. It's easy to adapt to that. But then now it's like new things so quickly that the speed at which it's changing is so fast that the only thing you can do is not prepare a specific skill except how to adapt and mm-hmm. just see things the way they are and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the beautiful thing. Like, right. I have no idea. And like this child that you have, whatever she's going to do, there's no way that you can really prepare her or anyone right. else for that. Right. And the way we're doing education is like information. It's like, no, they can Google that. That's not a relevant thing. Anymore. Right. It's like cursive. Cursive was a beautiful solution to a problem that no longer exists. Right. It's like, Which sucks because I love <laughs> cursive. <laughs> and I think cursive is so beautiful. And so it is so, it's so, so my speaking of cursive, my piano, one of my pianists, I have an adult student and I'm teaching her um, what's called legato. And legato is when you're playing 
two keys next well when you're playing different keys but they're smooth and connected mm -hmm. and so like it takes the air out of so instead of like choppy like da 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 is dun 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 you don't hear a mm -hmm. break and she was like also the guy was like the curse of a piano and I was like <laughs> It is the curse of Vienna. And I was like, oh my God, it was like the most beautiful way that you could have described it. That's how much I love curse. I'm like, yes. And, and I was great at writing cursive. So I appreciate it. And I got my, hand, my, my handwriting from my father. My father had beautiful cursive handwriting. So, you know, I hate that it's going away. Like, I'm just like, that sucks. But, um, but you're right. And so, you know, with that being said, like, what I refuse to do is stress myself trying to prepare her for something that you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, the new color is green. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in the whole world of the whiz. So, you know, it's just like, I just was like, you know what? Again, I'm allowing the reason why I won't influence her so much because we naturally come into this space being way more in tune than we give ourselves credit for or whatever or just what gets understood and so um i want to try to um um keep that like like um what's the word it's not cherish but um as best as possible like allow that to exist as long as possible because as long as she stays in tune she knows what's coming she knows what needs to be done. You know what I mean? And so um, I don't want her to get brainwashed where she then isn't able to tap into that space and then just gets lost. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so um, because when you're able to stay um, in that alignment and in tune, um, our, our ancestors are going to guide us. Like they're out there working for us and, 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 and you know, like creating the past and making sure that like, you know, as long as we're like staying connected with them, they're going to guide us and tell us. So, you know, I don't have any fears or whatever it is that's happening. You know, there's yeah. always going to be something happening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful and grateful that, you know, I have my own space that I can always just, you know, my thing is like, y'all need somewhere to go. Come to the rainforest. We'll be here. <laughs> you know, and I'm off the grid. Like, Google Maps, how they always, you know, can do those 3D and whatever of showing your home and stuff. On Google Maps, I ain't nothing but trees. I can't even <laughs> see my house. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in the perfect nook. So, you know, I'm just going to stay here and chill until I know otherwise. But yeah. Yeah. I can't worry myself ragged over hmm. life, like the world's <laughs> problem. You know, I don't know, because there's always something that's going to be coming up and happening, you know, so. True. So uh, when you think about the community around you, what are the things you would like to see? Because, I mean, forget about the whole world. What can you do about that? But the things that are within reach, mm -hmm. what would you like to see happen? Um, I would like to see us believe more in ourselves and in and, and, um let that guide um, our where we're going. Like, I mean, my community alone, like, um, you know, 
I want to see more giving back. Like I want us to connect more. Um, we just don't connect enough. Everybody's so independent, but that's like that American like that. Um, it's just not enough. Um, us trying to really like make sure help each other, make sure we all, you know, rise together. Um, so I would like that. I would like people to be more concerned and and acknowledge each other, you know, daily, weekly, whatever, just like checking in and, you know, okay, and if it, and if you're not good, what can I do to help? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just really like, really like being there for each other um, way more. Even, even down to like thinking about, I was just talking to somebody the other day about the first thing um, a child does after they graduate is either they go to college or whatever, but they're going to like move out of their parents' home. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they're paying rent or giving money to a stranger. And that makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. stay home, give money to your parents, invest in your family, like build that community, like start the, 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 um, you know, wealth there so that then you expand from that. You know what I mean? But like, we're just taught to be so um, independent and just, you know, thinking about ourselves that I just don't think we think enough about um, each other. And, And because my thing is like, we're all reflective of each other. So, you know, um, me asking you how you're doing and you telling me and whatever feelings I feel behind what you're telling me is a reflection of like, well, if I'm feeling this way about it, then that's something that you're teaching me about myself because if, if it isn't anything, it shouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But if it's bothering me, then that's something that I need to. And so I'm learning from communicating with you. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so just like interacting and really like in, intertwining in each other more to really like connect mm. that space. You yeah. know what I mean? Definitely. That's something I found fascinating when I went to India. Like the the very culture is far more community based and less uh, independent. Mm-hmm. And pros and cons to both, right? Mm-hmm. Finding a, a balance is nice. Mm-hmm. But still, uh, it was really a beautiful experience for me because uh, I I had a very minimal experience of that growing up in this American culture, especially mm-hmm. with like my family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, getting to see that. And then like, especially marrying Shroff, like learning about how her family is and how the relationships between everybody goes. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Like she had to deal with the complete opposite. And I was pretty much left almost alone too much. Mm-hmm. And she was like trying to be forced into arranged marriages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So complete opposite end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it's just fascinating. But that, that community connectedness is what's so um, beautiful, I guess, when done well. <laughs> it can be a nightmare, I guess, sometimes. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'd rather the support than none at all. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, at you least, just got to compromise. At least someone's <laughs> like, got your back. Okay, now, you know. But even with that, because, like, even when I'm thinking about, like, you know, okay, you're living at home and it's like, but, but I want to be doing grown folks stuff. So it's like, yeah. So, you know, get a tiny home on the land and, 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 and live in there. So you still have 
you know, your privacy and stuff like that. But it's not just like, I just don't, you know. And, and I mean, that's how we all grew up. So, you know, it's just kind of like, like trying to find that compromise, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, but I'd rather community than none at all. But I've always been communal, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and I think that it's because of like, and I'm, and I'm thinking about like with my mom, um, she we always had other people living in, our, in the house. You know, like I said, it would be like a cousin, an uncle, um, you know, nieces, nephews, like whoever. Like there was always some extra company, mm-hmm. you know, in our home. But I love that. So, yeah, it just made me always appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, supporting each other and stuff like that. So I definitely want that more for because um, the more, of course, like one person is doing it, then that one person would then influence my health and then, you know, and it just, and then it just grows that way. And then the whole world, you know, I don't know why things can't really be that simple. Like as simple as they, it really can be, I have no idea why somebody decides to hate on it. Like I'm not telling nobody nothing. It's going to stop right here. You know, I don't know. But um, I do wish that, you know, we could really figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) I do. But until then, I'll just be in the rainforest and welcoming everyone in, whoever wants to come and, you know, get them some. But, um, yeah. Copy that. <laughs> um, I'm curious, as a, uh, now that you have your own kid, how has it been in terms of, like, thinking back and maybe appreciating stuff that uh, your parents did growing up mm. or deciding to do different? Right. So... I think that me having my child older um, is making a big difference on my approach Mm. because um, there's more of a patience there on top of it. So what really influenced me was I, at one point, like um, right after college, um, started hanging with this group with a group of women that they were all so dope to me. And um, they were roughly almost like 10 years older than me. But they never knew how young I was because I always had like an older soul. So I just would, you know, it wouldn't be until we're talking about something like, oh, I forgot you were just a baby, you know. And so I was always around them. And so in my 20s, when I was in my 20s, they were in their 30s. Um, they all had had children in their early 20s. But they were um, coming from a community that was like Afrocentric based. And so they were bringing their children up different. And I don't know what influenced them. I think it was maybe because they were most of them were in New York. So I think it was the influence of the city and stuff that then had them raising their children totally different than their parents had raised them. And so... What, what did you call it? Afrocentric? Afrocentric. So what's that mean? Um, So, like, all of their um, teachings were African-based. So, like... Um, so somehow trying to get back to the roots and... Right. Like that. So, like, at one point when, like, Marcus Garvey was saying, like... 
uh, let's go back to Africa and all that. So there was like a group that was like really influenced, um, like up in that like DMV area, New York and everything else like that. So, um, so that's like what's also, um, so that community or whatever was, um, they were just bringing their children up different, like screw the, the, um, curriculum in school or you're going to learn your real history um and you know i'm going to raise you like as a warrior whereas before it was um you know you were being taught to be submissive or mm-hmm. just like um okay like kind of be quiet you know what i'm saying they were teaching their children to have voices and so Whereas, like, my family, my parents' generation, you were told, you know, when you're in a room with adults, um, matter of fact, you probably shouldn't even be in that room because you ain't grown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if you are, like, you don't interrupt a conversation. You don't have anything to say. You know what I'm saying? Grown folks are talking, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just a child. You're just a child. <laughs> so, you then lose a lot, right? Or we were losing a lot. Um, this generation, these friends of mine were allowing their children to talk and, and be expressive. And so I was around them a lot and around them, like raising their children. I love like even just like um, how they like my eating habits had changed by then and they were in the same type of eating habits. So, you know, vegetarian, um, vegan and all of that before it became like a real hype. Right. And so um, that also so all of like it was just like a perfect like blueprint for me to like see like, oh, OK, you know, because I didn't have that to um, to any guidance as far as that. And so um, being around them influenced me a lot of how and even then, like taking notes, just like, OK, I will do this. Probably not that, you know, or just having that whatever, just having that middle ground. But um taken from both you know what i'm saying so seeing things that my mother did with us that worked for us you know and um just being able to like just create my own like i um even that's like religion like i was always able to just like especially when i got to college you know you just pick this that and i just was like i'm gonna just have my own you know what i'm saying just what i do how i do what i do you know and i like this from this one and this one you know so um you know, definitely with me, with her, like I said, my biggest thing with Rainbow is just like um, allowing her to really fully be herself and not, you know, lose that. And so I've been able to learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother always taught us to be independent um, as far as just like having your own, not being alone, but just, you know, being able to have your own and stuff. And it's funny because she never even like. You know, you got some moms that we got old enough, they're like, when you gonna get me, give me a grandbaby, you know? <laughs> My mother never asked for Nana, like she didn't ever ask for, I had to be the one to say, you know what, you cannot leave this realm and not be having a grandchild. So, you know, <laughs> I didn't like being on this mission, but I knew, I, I knew the power of my words. So, you know, once it was, and plus, like I had gone to see the reader, the reader had already told me like, you're gonna have, Two children. So, <laughs> you know, um, I was just on this whole mission with that. But 
Um, so she was teaching us that way. So, you know, that's that's instilled in me of independency. And that's in thought, minds, all of that, you know. So um, just allowing and um, allowing that space and um, respect, like it's a respect factor. You know, what I'm saying? I don't see you as just a kid. You know, I recognize that you came into this realm an entire a whole entity. You know, you chose me, you know, so I have to I have to respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, so um so yeah, so I'm influenced from um my parents generation on certain things, but then also, you know, the, the friends my my um one decade older <laughs> friends, you know, and just their way of doing things. So Fair enough. Yeah. And because I was older when I had her, like I had time to you know, kind of figure that out, you know, or, and, and now because I'm settled in, in my career and everything else that I just have that extra time to be able to, you know, make it all work. Whereas when younger, a lot of them, like they were doing a lot at once. They mm-hmm. were working, grinding, like trying to figure out what they're going to be doing in their life, you know, raising the children and being, in, possibly being in a relationship with whoever, you know, they were creating you know, life with. And so, um, there's a lot to take on at once, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, so not to have to do all of that all at once. Like I feel good. I'm like, oh, I did it. I did it just right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it just sucks because a lot of my friends did have children way before now. And so, you know, Rainbow's kind of like the loner baby out there, but and again, it doesn't suck because they miss their children being as young as her. So all of them were like, oh, you can bring her over. And, you know, they miss that space. So they're all loving on her. So now she's got tons of family. Yes. Yes. Like Rainbow. Rainbow's a special child. My child has um, nine godmothers. Oh, wow. She has a godmother for every color of the rainbow. <laughs> and then at the end of each rainbow, there's a pot of gold. So she needs a golden godmother. And then I think every child needs a fairy godmother. So she just has a full... She's... She, she's, 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 she's protected. She's good. She's good. <laughs> More than good. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So if you have to think about the next five years, just for you personally, like just for fun, what do you, do you have any plans or things you were working toward or anything like that? Uh, yes. Um, Cause I'm about to be 40. So, okay. We're talking about mid, about mid forties. Well, okay. So I'm really big about, um, like, do, you, do you ever get readings? Have you ever gotten a reading before? When I was in fourth grade, someone read my poem and uh, said that I would end up being, uh, dying somewhere in my eighties or nineties and I'd live on a beach. And I think my mom just brought this up recently that she said I would end up marrying someone who flew a different flag, which would be Trump. Wow. <laughs> wow. So wait, how did you, why did you, like, how did you even get your palm read? Like, I was in fourth grade. I think there was just like a booth. I, I really don't know. So you, you were with your mom and your mom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you, you would, okay. It was someone. Okay. Got you. 
Not some wow. random person be like, hey, little kid, come here. Right, right. right. <laughs> so that's I was like, I need the details on how this actually went down. Okay, okay, okay. So your mom was the one. Because was your mom into like, um, did she like readings and stuff like that as well? Or it just happened to be that time and space? I mean, she's not like super big into it but yeah. she does like here and there like she'll we'll, we'll do a tarot card or something just for fun and things like that uh -huh. um, she's always been a little into meditation and stuff but um, okay i think that particular time i just i was like what 10 and i was like "Ooh, let's do that and it uh -huh. was just that simple okay it was like oh okay here we go right <laughs> question of old palm reader and the circus or whatever it was mm -hmm. um so yeah, I like readings. I don't, so okay, I'm not like a reading junkie, right? Like I don't have to get readings for every step of my life. Um, but I have found, and, and, and what I appreciated was, I've never seen this guy before. It is happened over the phone. He lives in Cincinnati. and But he was um, referred to me. Some One of my clients referred me to him and um he's older and so it was just it, 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 an old school like I had to send him a check in the mail <laughs> and, so, and when he got the check then he's like okay then we can do the read you know so um I, I and, and, but his readings have been really good and I'm only on two and I got one it must have been about now about almost going on 10 years ago and then um i got one since rainbow's been here and um he was telling me that um in my 40s and 50s that i would be leading masses and he was like not necessarily political but you know and, and the way that he does his readings is he taps into he says he, he taps into um, my angels and ancestors that are there, like telling him, like you know, being at me and like giving this message. You know what mm. I mean? And so, um, yeah. So he said that, and so I've been just curious, like I wonder how this is about to, you know, go down. Like what kind of mess? And I can't even see myself. I really couldn't even see myself being like a leader like that in the sense of what I was in my mind thinking as a leader, just because like. I love people to just be able to be who they are. And I like to just kind of mix and mingle, right? In the ground, like, but then, uh, but then again, I do like dictated stuff, but that's different, <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> so, uh, I was just, I've been wondering it. And so just more recently, when I spent time with myself and, um, New Year's Eve for the first time ever, um, I always brought in New Year's Eve with friends, family, whatever. But I, some spirit came and said, do it alone. Just, just try. And I knew it would be, so I thought difficult because I am just never by myself. I love company. Um, and so I decided to do it. I even sent Rainbow to my mother's house or whatever. And um, I brought it in by myself. I, I was building fire in my fireplace. And, um, um, and I made some moon water because it was a full moon this last New Year's Eve. And I made some moon water and put my intentions and stuff. So I was in like a, a personal boot camp. Like I was like, all right, I collected all this wood. And I said, okay, my goal for the night is I have to burn all this wood. It was like a stack of wood. And I have to drink all my moon water. And so, um, 
you know, at some point, like, um, I was sorry, but I was like, no, you got to keep going. Crash, crash, burn, drink, what, you know. <laughs> and, but then, like, I started getting, like, really pumped and excited about it. And I was like, be free. So I just took it off everything. So, so at one point, I'm going outside completely nude, picking up firewood, bringing it inside, burning it, you know, drinking my water. And, so, and it was just so liberating and so free and so beautiful. And I was just like, everyone needs to be able to experience this. So... I started being on this mission starting this year of doing these full moon sister circle burns. And it would be like a small group of women that I would bring to the rainforest. Cause my real shit, my forest is magical. <laughs> I, I, and I, and I, and I, I don't know fully why. I mean, I mean, I probably do. Like, it's just, it's just the enrichment of the land. Right. Like, you know, um, it's a lot of good you do here. Yeah, <laughs> and whoever has walked these, whoever has walked these states before, they just let it. So it's beautiful, it's magical. So um, I've just been on this mission to like just like introduce women to that space, um, as far as just like connecting with themselves. So make your moon water. You know what I mean? We burn like burn away the things that no longer serve you, and you know, um, and and we'll pull cards to like see what's to come. You know, and. It's always, it's, it's such a beautiful space every time. In every circle, it's a different group of women. Some of the same, but mostly it's usually like a a, a, um, a shift and change. And so um, it, it started small. And so now, and then recently, 555, May 5th of 2021, which is another five, we built um, a sweat lodge on my land. Oh, yeah? And... Um, that was significant because then I found out that five is the number for community. And the whole point of building the lodge was for community to come and get healing. So um, just creating space on the blessing I have to have this space and letting people come in and, and find their healing in, 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 um, in whatever ways, you know, they see fit, you know, um, like I've even opened up my inside, like in this spe specific room, for um, ayahuasca ceremonies, and so um, yeah, I just let um, I'm just listening. I'm just listening, and I'm just like really following, going with that flow of what's within me and and what's around me, and. Um, I can see that building into something grand, you know? Um, so in the next like five years, like really just being on, I was definitely probably, I definitely would still have a salon. I don't want to necessarily have to be behind the chair all the time. So even with that, building a team so I can have that, you know, popping where I don't have to be there all the time. And then I can just spend time with Rainbow and kicking it with, you know, my homie <laughs> and, and, how, and just enjoying her because that goes so fast, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, doing, you know, ceremonies and stuff and just having a communal space, but like a beautiful, respectful communal space. Not like not like those ones that like you get tired of. Like, <laughs> Y'all always coming in. Y'all always checking dirt in my house, you know, but older. So people are mature and they know what they're doing. And, you know, but. Yeah, just like providing space for healing, you know. So maybe that's the kind of leadership. I don't know, but 
So again, this is going back to the fawns. They were frolicking Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the rainforest yesterday. You know, part of that um, message was knowing your value and and, and letting that move you and, and letting that like letting that guide me to just do me and everything else will reflect, you know, or be reflective, right? So I don't have to try to figure out like, why well, are they even gonna listen to this? Just do you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you gotta know that doing you works. Because mm-hmm. again, you've been doing you for as an adult 21 years and everything's been gravy, you know? So um just allowing people to open, you know, be able to open up and, and, and do them, you know, by just however that may be, you know. Mm. Like, I'm not in here trying to memorize anything to then try to, like, you know, tell you, like, I'm not going to read no verses or nothing. Like, you know, I just want you to come and be free, you know. <laughs> and just so allowing that space, allowing people to be free again, you mm. know. So, um, whatever that may entail. So five years from there again, like I will still have my doors open. And like that Rainbow will be the one welcoming them in, welcoming welcoming them in, staging them down. Rainbow love to get saged. Mm-hmm. So she'll be the one to sage it down and you know, all of it. Yeah, just I don't know, just owning my owning. <laughs> Showing up people how to own their own or letting them just own their own and just providing that space for them to do it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, um, before we close, is there any, uh, I guess like a message you want to put out? Um, I think that now more than ever, how we were just talking about that, you know, um, every generation and everything going on is you want it to be better, bigger, better, right? So, um, like just right now, we really have the ability to be who we, and know that we want to be, right? So, um, just um, pushing people to to own that, to own who they are and um, not have the, any fears, getting letting go of all those fears because those fears are not real. Like they're, we created them within. So as soon as we stop believing in them, they don't exist. And so just, um, you know, telling people to stop being fearful and um, live, like really be. Mm. Um, yeah, and find that thing that really um, clicks and, 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 and trusting it. So trusting the process, knowing to try, like what, what you feel is real and not pushing this out like, no, and, and trying to talk yourself out of it, but like waking up in the first things that you're feeling and thinking and letting that guide you for the day. 
Right. So just so just being free and just flowing, you mm-hmm. know, like water, you know, or uh going with the breeze and in the ease, but yeah, just I just want people to be easy. and of course love being at the root of all of that you know so so yeah just trust get rid of your fears and love and and be the best you you can be Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I know it may be like real cheesy according but that's real no enough of us you know don't um really um like we're not really walking our real walk you know, we're, we're masking and masks aren't even bad. Like there are certain, I'm learning that like masks are necessary for certain things that you need to be getting done. So not masking in the, in the sense of um, hiding your identity or put on a facade, but more of um, in a way to uh, like almost like be focused. Like um, you don't need to know who's under this mask in order to uh, appreciate what's being what's what, what's happening right so um you know shoot put on your different mask we get it done but you know yeah. well, it's like if you're if i need a surgery and you're the surgeon i don't need to know all the goofy stuff i just need you to be the surgeon right now and do the surgery right yeah right you know what i mean so yeah so yeah but um yeah being able to own all those spaces yeah hmm Fantastic. Well, <laughs> if anybody uh, wants to get a hold of you, do you have any like a website or social media or anything like that? Oh yeah. So my oh. salon <laughs> is called It's a Natural Thing Salon, and so that's T H A N G. So um, my website is www dot it's so I T S A natural N A T u-r-a-l thang t-h-a-n-g dot com and um then of course you can always just hit me up on the sale 404-376-8028 and yeah and you can hit that same number if you want to learn some piano (laughs) as well so yes and we're called the rainmakers oh (laughs) i think my name put it in that dictated (laughs) clicks in sometimes but um r-a-y of course in (laughs) makers but um yes yeah i'm 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 definitely um open for business (laughs) (laughs) for businesses so yes Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, um, thank you, everybody. That is the end. So we'll catch you in the next episode. Yay! Thanks, (laughs) Eve. Thank you. This (laughs) This was great, though. This was... This is probably the best interview I've ever done. Yeah? Yes, and I haven't done many. Woo-hoo. But um, Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> so totally, like, comfy and fun, and yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I liked it. Appreciate it. <laughs>